0: Hi, this is John Reed. Thanks for listening to our show. Quick uh, apologies for the poor sound quality on this week's show. The sound drops out during our guest Ryan from Mirror World's introduction. This is recorded live on Twitter space and therefore is prone to dropouts. We're looking into how to improve this, but in the meantime, please enjoy the show.
1: Right, welcome everybody. Welcome to Throne of Games. I am the lead designer and chief economist for Time Raiders, and I am joined today by John Reed, my co-host, who is the chief paper pusher of Time Raiders as well. Thank you very much for co-hosting with me. Very much appreciated. Right, guys, um, you know, so if you could, um, we, we would ask you, can you please like our little throne of games and can you retweet it to your friends so we can grow this lovely audience that would be wonderful so today um a little bit of housekeeping you can find us on discord and telegram at time raiders you know discord gg time raiders telegram me T me time raiders you can find us at play time raiders on both youtube and twitter capital P, capital T, capital R. And you can listen to uh, to our Twitter space at 1230, every single UK 1230 UK time, every single Tuesday, or you could subscribe to the Reek podcast, the throne of games podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, and sneezer. Sneezer being my absolute favorite. God bless you. (laughs) So God bless you for listening. This week. Our special guest—we've got Ryan from Mirror World. Yay, Ryan! Hey
2: guys, how's it going? How's it oh, going very Ryan? good.
1: Do you want to give us yeah, like yeah. The, the the elevator version, the one minute version, and then we'll get into Mirror World a little bit more later? But a quick introduction to our audience, please.
2: Yeah, sure. So I'm Ryan. I'm the community manager from Mirror World. Uh, I do Indiana um and to be honest a lot of them have gone on to be very successful um so it's always nice to see people you know merit on their own success um but yeah i got involved in crypto through axie infinity probably about three years ago when it first started um and kind of just you know filled my head with knowledge and more understanding of the space and educated myself um and yeah it's got me where i am today really
1: that's fantastic thank you so much and um
2: yeah, brilliant.
1: And do you want to give us the, the quick synopsis of as we're talking about Mirror World today? Do you want to give us the the, a, the quick version of that before we get into the news and then we'll get into Mirror World even a bit more?
2: Yeah, Mirror World is building what we call a world of games. There won't just be one game, there'll be multiple games. Um, but the main focus at the moment is a smart platform tool. So what smart platform is, it's basically a support for EVM, uh, allowing people to build their own stuff on multiple blockchains, uh, it supports Apple, Android, Unity, Rust, and JavaScript. Um, and the chains we're currently supporting are Polygon, um, Ethereum, Solana, if people don't know, um, and Binance Network as well. So they're the ones that we currently support. Um, and we offer integration that basically make things really easy to do. Like, for example, you can um, create your own marketplace. Um, you can log in for a smart authorization as well. So you can use the login through Google, Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, and we also offer support on up to 200 or more uh, geographical instant payments. Um, and that's all powered through a, a good old company called Moonpay. If you haven't heard of Moonpay, um, yeah, definitely yeah. check them out. Um, but we do have quite a few partners under our belt as well, like Alchemy, for example. Um, delesium which is a game over on uh, Immutable X. Uh, yeah, so that, that's a little bit about yeah. That's
1: brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, I am familiar with MoonPay. It does it makes uh, the KYC part uh, very a lot easier for some people, you know. So and, yeah, uh, a lot
2: of and- people struggle with on ramp and off ramps. So it's nice to have a solution that works. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah excellent. Right, okay. Um, so before we get talking a bit more with Ryan and about Mirror World and our topic of the week, um, let's just look at the news really quickly. Our guests, Triumph Games and So Digital, last week, who have their game Battle Rise. Battle Rise has now been released globally on Apple and Android. So you can find Battle Rise on Apple and Android if you heard last week's show. It's a casual battle game with collectibles, deep collectibles, and it's all set for NFTs in the future. It's also linked to moxie.io. So if you are um, um, a Moxie player. Um, you know about it. If you're interested in Moxie, Moxie is, um, kind of like an esports sports with their own Moxie token. That's a, that's a very fun platform. So you can check them out at Moxie.io. You can find battle rise at battlerise.com, or you can find it on Apple and Android searching for battle rise. Also in the news, we've got the Capcom showcase, which, Actually was last week, but we decided there was so much good stuff we thought we would hold off for this week. Um, John, I don't know if you wanna you wanna talk through some of the news, some of your favorite highlights of the news. Yeah, and then can we do. can invite Ryan in to comment as well.
0: Okay, well I'll I'll kind of list list them a little bit and sort of touch on them briefly. Um, so the first off was the Path of the Goddess. It looks really good. Very very Japanese style um, third person RPG. Uh, using the RE engine, it looked really nice. Um, then we got Mega Man Offline. That looks like a, a, a massive Mega Man game, uh, sort of bringing it back. Let's face it, Mega Man's been around for what thirty-five plus years. Yeah, so it's got a hell of a lot of history mm-hmm. to draw on. And then, yeah, Street Fighter Six. Uh, all the reviews I've heard so far, Street Fighter Six is probably the best Street Fighter since Street Fighter Two. Uh, looks stunning. And uh, I guess there's going to be uh, uh, the potential for esports and a uh, whole load of uh, uh, competitions based off the back of that, which I believe Capcom are going to be driving. So that looks really good. Next one, which is uh, <laughs> looks like a hell of a lot of fun, is going to be uh, Resident Evil 4 VR. Uh, it's going to be a free DLC for play- PSVR 2. Oh, wow. So for those that... Yes. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, very interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so if you do... <laughs> If you didn't wet your pants the first time around or the second on the, uh, the reboot, the uh, remake, you've got a third option where it's going to feel even more like.
1: Remake. Oh, hey, Tim Cheney, hope you're listening, man. Resident <laughs> Evil's coming back to Europe.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that, uh, we have Pragmata, which it, even though it was a very short teaser, looks, I mean, it just looks crystal clear. It's such a good looking game. Um, really interested to see where that goes. Uh, the, uh, the premise of the trailer kind of looks like uh, you're looking after some kind of very freaky child that has probably got some kind of uh, uh, ESP or, or some, um, some magical abilities or something. So uh, so you've got to keep it safe against um, uh, what looked like a whole lot of androids, you know, killer androids or something. Uh, it looks stunning, very futuristic, really pretty. Um, and then you've got the futuristic uh, dino shooter called uh, Exo Primal, I think that looks very nice too. There was a whole section on the showcase for that. Uh, and then they finished off with Dragon's Dogma 2, which again, using the Resident Evil engine or the RE engine looks absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness. Others.
1: The trailer is just stunning.
0: It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Very interesting to see what, yeah. what comes of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And of course, Diablo Four. We like to call Time Raiders Diablo with guns. So Diablo Four mm-hmm. is uh, everybody's raving about that. And um, and Ryan brought up the fact that Unreal Five Point Three re- is releasing soon. Yeah, Ryan, what you got comments on that on Diablo and Unreal? You want to chime in on what you're thinking of those?
2: Yeah. So to be honest with you, Diablo is a really good example of uh, an IP that listens to their community um blizzard are really good at this to be honest with you one of the things they did is they gave a lot of feedback on the gem system um and they're actually changing the gem system just based on how players have interacted um so yeah it's going to be completely changed so rather than it showing as materials in the currency tab um it, they're changing the way that you actually acquire the gems for the future so th- this is just a good example of actually listening to community um is yeah. yeah. another, another really good example of this like they always listen to their communities they have polls constantly um if runescape were a web free game it'd be really hard for anyone to, to even come close to it to be honest with
0: you yeah um, that's how i feel
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it's good
0: very good and yeah, uh... I, i've just dived into diablo 4 myself um and it, it looks stunning it plays so nice um I, I've I've actually been playing Diablo two and then three and now four in cons- very quick succession over the last six weeks, and I know there was a lot of trouble with uh, Diablo three, but it's clear that they've listened to to the community because it feels so much more like Diablo two again, which was yeah. so well yeah. received. But uh, yeah, I mean your your points are uh, perf- absolutely valid. No, I
2: agree. Um, the have really, really well. It
0: is a really oh. well
2: game now. Very
1: vex Excellent, right? Well, so let's talk about the topic of the week. So, interoperability between games and the metaverse is our topic of the week. Perfect for what Ryan is doing and what he's involved in with uh, Mirror World. But so let's get into it. So let you know. Let's you know what is a metaverse. Everybody's been raving about it for ages. You know, what is it? What is a metaverse?
2: The anything that's not a meta to be honest. But um, you know, it is. But yeah, when we when we come to it, we think about the terms of what a metaverse actually is and it's a place Mm -hmm. where players can join together and they can use the same assets between different um between different games. So a hub. Kind of like you know when you're in a lobby on a game, for example, and you can speak to people in the lobby. Um you can do fun activities, you can um people by voice, you can track them. That's what I did to, to uh make people around or look at playing games or whatever else they want to do. Um there's a few examples out there. And I think the main issue that has not been mass um mass adopted yet is the fact that there's quite a big um gap between the different metaverses. What I mean yeah, by that, that is Like decentralized and Sandbox, they're probably two of the most popular. But when you think about those two, you've got to understand that um, one uses voxel designs. So if you wanted to use a decentralized asset in Sandbox, you'd first have to convert it through voxels, um, which are basically just hundreds of squares built up together to create a pixelized image. Um, So that's probably why a lot of people aren't actually um, combining in the metaverse. But I think the greatest example of a, a working metaverse was Ready Player One. That kind of is what woke everyone up during COVID, just like, you know, we we can do this, we can build this. And this is where we're seeing obviously Apple Vision come into play. Um and obviously there'll be a Google rival as well that's coming out. I know Google Glass is out, but I don't know if they're gonna do another one to strictly rival AR VR compression mix. Um but yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how that works out. So yeah. what what about you, Matt? What's the uh, what's your thoughts on the metaverse?
1: Well Um, You know, when I first saw Metaverses, uh, you know, I was along the lines of a lot of the the web, too. I'm like, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. Who's going to actually walk around these these things when, you know, people people like to jump here and jump there? I don't actually want to walk around. But like um, the realization that there's an online space. uh, My kids put it best. I said to my kids, I don't get why you don't go out and meet your friends in town. Like you know, we used to play outside when we were kids, and they said, "Dad, you don't get it. We don't have to go out and meet our friends. We can meet them online."
2: Yeah, they're right, definitely right.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, "That's so funny." But then lockdown happened. I was so grateful that my kids had a social life online. You know, I, I you know, anyway, it just yeah. So the realization the metaverse was. I mean, it's really funny because I actually worked on software. Over 10 years ago, for a client uh, making them, um, he was like, the worst thing about um, trade fairs yeah. is the fact that you have to go there. And, and, you know, we could just get online and do it online. And we made like a web browser version of a trade fair software for this guy. You know, So we, we did it 10 years before metaverses actually came around. I'm like, oh, I get it. Now I get it, you know. I just think it's, a, I think it's actually a, a great innovation.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, the metaverses themselves, they don't cost a lot to build. That's what people don't realize. All you've got is basically a 3D controller and an environment that you create. Um, it's not a lot to build it. I think the average cost of a metaverse is around 20K US yeah. to build a fully working metaverse, um, which is crazy to think. You know, all these games like the MMOs where they spend millions um, and year just in maintenance versus, you know, something that can be a, a fully social, casual experience. Um, and not only that, it's augmenting the uh, artificial reality as well. So the thing is, people can visualize, you can flex, for example. You know, you only need to look at Roblox and um, Fortnite to understand that people want to wear um, something that no one else has. Like, yes. you know, it's, it's like brands in real life, like Louis Vuitton um nike you know major brands are basically marketed in a way that um they target you on based on um stature i guess you get like a statue from wearing a particular thing so yep. why wouldn't it be the same online you know second life were a really early metaverse um but they made millions they were one um one building that they created which were a hotel called planet calypso yep. and i think that sold for about I think it was 2 million, but I'm actually going to Google that because I can't remember how much it actually was sold for. <laughs> you know,
1: but it's it's very interesting, the whole idea of purchasing digital assets for the kind of bragging rights, you know? But um, my kids were playing Fortnite, you know, very, very early, and, you know, they were yeah. getting this skin, getting that skin, and then they were realising that their friends didn't have it because their friends started playing a little bit later and it wasn't available anymore. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, this is the bragging rights thing. This completely makes sense to me. I, You know, I get it. So
2: We we know about the bragging rights anyway. We only have to look at the cram bit from CSGO, the blue party hat from RuneScape. Yeah. What else can I think of? Warglaze of Azeroth. That's another one. And if you remember in the early days of um, Diablo 3, Echoing Fury. So that was the one when they actually released the cash market shop for about two or three weeks and then got rid of it completely. Yeah. I think that particular one sold for quite a lot of money. I don't know the specifics, but yeah, I know it sold for a lot. Oh, I found the um, its Club Never Die that sold for $635,000. Wow. So it's one of the most expensive digital assets ever play- purchased, and yeah. that was in Planet Calypso. So it were, it we're in Tropia, and the game was Planet Calypso. Yeah. Second most expensive was the Crystal Palace space station in Tropa. Wow. So...
1: You know, so it it, it happens.
0: Insane, and... it? Sorry, guy John. So I was just saying, it's insane how you know virtual virtual spaces can you know ultimately be worth so much, and obviously that that yeah. would have been before uh, blockchain. So before, so safe. Oh yeah, it was, you know, you, You've only got to look at
2: early games as well, like Lineage, for example. Lineage two people were playing that game and they were buying characters for thousands of dollars. Because they had the progression and they had the items. They didn't want to sit and grind for the items. They just wanted the best stuff and, you know, have that bragging right. Um, And that's how it is. You know, people are swapping – I've said this before and I feel like I'm repeating myself. But people are swapping Ferraris in real life for Ferraris online. And the reason they're doing that is because, uh, you know, you you drive from A to B in a car to get to a job where there's probably about six people in your office. Whereas, you know, you can drive around online, for example, in this digital Ferrari – um, and thousands of people see it. It's just a bigger flex. And I guess that's why people are moving away from, uh, well, real assets. It's
1: hilarious. You know, oh, I, I know I've, men- I've mentioned this before. And, and this kind of takes <laughs> us to one of the other questions about about um, what role the currency and virtual assets play in interoperability. You know, I talk about my kids were playing CSGO years ago and getting these kind of items, these collectible items, these If not one of a kind, Mm -hmm. certainly like one of 10 or one of a hundred only. And then they were being, they're like, dad, this is worth hundreds of dollars. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. You know, how do you make hundreds of dollars from that? And they're like, oh, you don't, you know, you can't. Not safely, you know, and then one of my (laughs) kids got burnt trying to do it. You know, for all you Web 2 gamers out there who are like a bit skeptical of Web 3, the one thing, one of the things Web 3 does Is it legitimizes transactional purchases and gives certificates of authenticity to rare items within within games? So if you had that, if CSGO was a Web3 game or a Web3 version of CSGO was created and you got one of those one of a kind or one out of 10 or one out of 100 knives or guns or skins or whatever, you'd have a safe way to be able to sell it to somebody else and the smart contract would handle an instantaneous exchange so you didn't give the item and then not get paid.
2: <laughs> Basically. But this, this is what people don't realize. You know, the, the reason that we're doing this is not only for a safety aspect but because it can all be authenticated on blockchain. The blockchain can't lie. You know, As soon as you create a block that block is printed and you know that that's authentic. You know it's a real thing even if it swaps between wallets it's got its full trace history. So you know where it came from, you know, who it went to, you know, how much they paid um, and how much they sold it on for. Exactly. And so you can't say to
1: somebody, oh, I've got a knife and not actually have it.
2: You yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know? you can't have weird, weird flexes anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you can't, you you know, can't you can... LARP online.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's brilliant. I, I, I love that. You know, is there more that we want to talk about, about the role of currency and virtual assets in interoperability? What yeah, let's do
2: it because people don't realize what you can actually do with virtual currency. What, you, what you're doing, and this is what a lot, a lot of projects fail on, is the fact that the digital currency is not only for the game, um, it can be used in real life as well. You know, what's stopping you from using it as a, a discount card, for example? Yeah. Like, you get 20% off at a certain place or 10% off at a certain place, or you get money off flights and travel. Um yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that, that. You can literally integrate into anything. Knight did a really good Trojan Horse advert, to be honest with you. They don't mention the word NFT once during their entire advert. Um, to be honest, I think NFTs will stop trending. They'll probably be called Digis,
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is
2: basically just short for digital assets. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, that's all you, know, you know, what they are, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. And people aren't realizing that they're, they're already purchasing NFTs and games, but the centralized servers they're getting stored on, um, mm-hmm. Rather than having a decentralized server, that's the only difference, you know. The Call of Duty, for example, own, own all their assets. You're just renting them, but a yeah. permanent, I guess.
1: That's, that's a great point. Uh, another, another point, I suppose. Now, now we're getting talking virtual currency. You know, free to play games for years have been selling virtual currency. People don't yeah. think of it like that, but they're exchanging dollars for nothing. Gems is yes. nothing, guys. It's nothing. And and so you buy, you know, you buy $29.99 worth of gems for clash of clans, and you can only buy clash of clan assets. That's it. Yeah, true. Right? You know, you upgrade this, you upgrade that. You know, you're spending your virtual currency, you are spending in the games. Now imagine instead that that virtual currency was linked to an exchange in the real world, a cryptocurrency, a digital asset. So you're still buying effectively gems in your game, but now you're buying Expendium and Expendium goes up and down, just like every other currency on the stock market.
2: Yeah. This is the thing. The only reason U.S. dollar is stable because it's backed by Fed, which is the Federal Reserve, which originally was backed by gold and other precious alloys. But the problem is, over time, well, I wouldn't say problem, but I'd say what's happened is people became trusting the Fed. And they just believe that, you know, any electronic numbers that put in is is weighted and backed by gold. There's no way of proving that. No one will ever show you the Federal Reserve. Um, And, you know, it's all a trust system. That's what's happened. U.S. dollars has become a trust system. And that's why we're seeing a, a short breakdown. And we're seeing more digital currencies come into play. Like, I could talk about this all day, honestly, Matt. I really could. <laughs> um, we've got Bricks, for example, and then we've got someone else working on a new um, stablecoin that will be supported against Bitcoin. Right. Oh, that's but
1: cool. That's cool.
2: Bitcoin will always have the lead because it was the first one out there. You know, Ethereum yeah. will never take Bitcoin because it's not possible. An alt can't take over on the RC20 contract. It's just physically not possible. If yeah. anyone feels like I'm baffling them, by the way, I don't mean to be. It's just easier to understand what altcoins are. So now it's just basically um, a way to swap against the, the main currency. And yeah. then stablecoin is something that never fluctuates. So it shouldn't fluctuate. But obviously, as a bank crash, for example, um, if you remember that what happened with Black Swan, um, the bank crashed and the token fell. We unpegged. That's what it's called when US dollar becomes unstable on a stablecoin. Mm. Um, and that unpegging dropped the price of the dollar to something like 86 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, people lost money and there were no way to recover until the actual funds got re-pegged. But the thing is with a finite currency versus a fluctuation currency, um, it's just a much safer role. Like you, as more people buy it, the price increases as more people sell it, the price dips. That's just how it is in in life. You know, you, you buy, um, you shopping weekly, for example, um, and you go to the shop that, that same Banana, let's say, we use a banana as an example. Um, there's no guarantee that that banana is going to be the same price in two weeks. And we know that because of inflation. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, people are under the illusion that the dollar is backed by gold. They're under the yeah, illusion exactly. that that, yeah. that 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 the pound is backed by sterling, you know, yeah. and, or, and gold. Almost every single currency in the world is now simply... Do you it's want to
2: know something really amazing? Essence. You'll like this. Yeah. For a no. hundred years, the same paper mill has actually been creating the paper for the US dollar. Um, and the cost to make a sheet of 32, which is basically pl- plated. Um, so they use nickel plates to print the money. And the cost per sheet of money is no point. No, it's three cents. It's three cents per uh, whatever bill you want to print, whether it's $10, $20, $100. But the thing is, you know, we trust the governments. We trust the financial orders. We trust the you know the social hierarchy, um, and that's why I feel you know crypto itself gives a better uh, power to the people. I guess you know you can choose how much you want to buy, how much you want to sell, and the thing is, the the government still um, it's still backed by US dollar. So oh, it you know. Yeah. But the
1: power to the people. I mean, that is what decentralization is all about. It's about people being a little bit tired of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. And, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to be involved. They're like, you know, who is making these decisions? Who makes the decision that says what, you know, the why, why is the interest rate being raised when, when people can't buy food? You know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> but I want to note now you said this interesting thing about the dollar and unpegging yeah i I want to know i remember everybody we're not giving financial advice we're just having a chat okay you know we don't we don't know everything this is these are just our opinions based on our perceptions based upon the paradigms that we live under and the things that we read and we whatever and we fill ourselves with so but i find it very interesting that every time a u.s bank fails bitcoin and ethereum go up
2: yeah um so that we already know that um there are holdings within the US because um you know a lot of people in in the US hold bitcoin yep um it, it's just how it is there's, there's i think bitcoin's got one of the most diverse level of holders um across any other cryptocurrency yep um and when I say diversion, I mean that it's people of different ages, you know, whether they're actually using it as a hedge for their retirement fund, whether they're using it in a different way, whether they've been advised to buy it by a financial advisor. Um, this is why we don't offer financial advice, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely not telling you to go out and buy Bitcoin. Um, but it, it's something that holds a value because it can't be tampered with. The, there's the person who created Bitcoin. He's nowhere to be seen. Um And all you can do is build on its existing infrastructure. There were a rumor that uh, there were a white paper found on a Mac piece, well, on all Mac PCs, um, stating that Steve Jobs is actually uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Whether that's true or not, I genuinely don't know. (laughs) But yeah, you can genuinely find the Bitcoin white paper on a Mac in the operating system. And that's on any Mac.
1: That's very interesting. I'm going to look at I'm going to look. Now, we've completely, yeah, go we've gone a little bit off topic because we're talking we about have, interoperability yeah, yeah, have, yeah. between games and the metaverse. But, you know, I think that life is a metaverse. And one day, one day the veil will be drawn back and we will realize that we've been living in the Matrix all along. And, uh, yeah. you know, but so but we let's dial it down to games again and let's bring it back yeah, yeah, to how Mirror back, World is preparing for these new trends.
2: So the, the trends at the moment seems to be AI. When you ask anyone, they're, they're considering you know how AI works within not only a game structure, but in a, a decentralized society. Um, and we're seeing more and more trends towards AI, like the products that people are building on that platform. Um, they are AI-related projects, whether they're trading tools, whether they're um, reply systems. One of the systems that was built by Deleysian, for example, uh, a project called Lucet, is basically a personal assistant that is completely artificial. Um, and you can speak to Lucy, for example, she can help you transfer funds from one wallet to another. Um, she can give you answers to questions that you don't know the answers to. Um, she's really clever, I think she runs on GPT-5. I'm i I'm honestly not sure, but I think it might be GPT-5. Um, if you want to check it out, again, that's Delisium. You just go to the main website and type in Delisium Lucy, um, right. it should is come it- up for a hit.
1: Isn't she that, isn't she, didn't she come from that? She, she, uh, came from that. The first uh, Luke human. Movie? Apparently. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, yeah, <laughs> th- we don't talk about cool that.
1: drugs. And, and then she became like, <laughs> she became the, the world's, uh, intelligence, you know,
2: according to, according to science, <laughs> the first human was a, a woman. And yeah. they, they named her Lucy apparently, but yeah. whether that's true or not, we honestly don't know. We never <laughs> will, you know, we can't go back and find out, um, story of adam and eve you know whether we disprove religion in the future who knows aliens are starting to land world's going crazy um but yeah anyway moving on let's go back that's to okay. gaming. we
1: can shoot, we can shoot <laughs> the aliens down oh no there's oh, aliens man. over lake michigan let's shoot them down oh no there's al- you know anyway sorry how that do that's... you know
2: they're not friendly though they might just be wanting to carry us away from earth and uh, you know to a better life i why know don't we embrace them
1: <laughs> you've got a question why why not are everyone's the three hostile. richest yeah. the three richest men Known th- three known richest men of or indefinitely. I'd in definitely up, say they? known
2: because we don't know who sit above.
1: What? I know who's really behind it all who, <laughs> who has the trillions and quadrillions. But um why are those three very famous rich men building spaceships? What do they know that we don't know?
2: <laughs> why have a oh, space what's force? What's you know, what were the reason them? for Space Force?
1: <laughs> you know, Space Force. Space yeah.
2: Force honestly it's crazy we're getting out of tinfoil hats at the moment though you know i don't want to go down the conspiracy path.
1: that's fine it's all fine
2: you know (laughs) i think that comes with crypto you know you you learn you you gain a, a level of distrust um within government societies i guess based on the fact that you're using a decentralized method uh on a daily basis you're seeing the the difference between centralization and decentralization um and how it actually affects you know everyday people yeah, de- definitely, definitely. I mean, so I think, I think the next question were about interruptibility, wasn't it? So let's say that you have a cram bit in CS:GO as an example. um You have the red cram bit. You know, you paid ten grand for this asset, but you want to play a different game. Yeah. You can't move between the different games. That's the thing. You can't move your cram bit from CS:GO to Call of Duty. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you've got a shooter game, all you're doing is you're moving that particular asset. That asset will have a 3D model attached to it, whether it's an F, uh, FBX file or whether it's a completely different file. And you'll be able to move that between different games. The only thing you need to do really is make sure that it pivots in the hand, that it's actually got a bone that that ties it to the hand. And then you could play that in a different game. So you could still flex that same asset in different games. And that's what we say by interruptibility. It's the way to use one item between or, or one um, avatar or one anything um, between different game versus,
0: yeah. So long as that game supports, then obviously, as you say.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. But this is so... where
0: the issue is. You know, like a lot of games
2: are getting built by WebGL now because they know that browser games have got better compatibility when it comes to interoperability Because the thing is, they're using either, let's say, Unreal Four or Unreal Five. They're using something and they're automatically compatible because they're the same um, package you've got to think of it like minecraft you know you can't play minecraft 1.0 for example um with 1.5 client uh, for mods your mods don't work that that's kind of how it works
1: mm. so you know it's very just a very interesting thought is you know it's look during the uh during the gold mine uh craze yeah. in the united states in the 1800s you know there were some gold miners who genuinely made money, but actually the people who made money were the people selling the tools.
2: Exactly, sell so the pickaxe, don't dig you, it yourself.
1: You know, so yeah. um, we what we need is we need a few, we need a few guys. Everyone listening out there, hey, you developers and you biz, you uh, entrepreneurs in the games industry, we need APIs for interoperability between games. We need yeah, plug and play systems so that people can. Um, export whatever asset in whatever 3D package they want and whatever engine they're using. We yep. need a kind of commonality. We need our little Rosetta Stone. We need some commonality that games would be able to... Now, of course, we also need people who don't have egos. We need game yeah, developers they're... without egos who are willing to share to for uh, allow someone else's asset in your game.
2: You just reduced it from 100% to about 10%.
1: You know what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. The, the good old the the ego the charge for the ego so anyway I realized we've got about six minutes left um ah, so we, okay. we need to talk about um we, we are we are we using doing our mandatory questions john
0: oh, well the, the, there's options um <laughs> if yeah, which... you
2: like I, I honestly don't mind as long as you don't end up on space oh, aliens so, unless they're
0: fighting them um, we'll I ahead. think we've gone slightly off-topic here and there anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. I really enjoyed going yeah. off-topic today. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
0: although to be fair, we've sort of weaved in and out. Um, so I'll tell you what, let's let's talk about uh, barriers to entry with regards to Mirror World's um, platform. Um, yeah, sure. Or the removal of barriers to the entry. The removing of course, barriers to entry, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of things we keep coming back to is the fact that, yes, you know, we, we believe that Web3 is is the future, or at least elements of it, is going to support the future of gaming. Um, but we also know that not everybody's ready for it. There's you a know. lot of Web 2 gamers who, who who are either just not confident with the step, or don't even understand what the step is, or, or even, as you rightly pointed out, realize that actually, they're already doing a lot of stuff, or, or already using things that are, are already in Web 3. It's just not necessarily on the blockchain yet. Yeah, they exactly. haven't realized exactly. So I guess then the step is understanding what's you know, what is the step for them if there was one, should there be one, and you know, how do we make it easy for them?
2: Okay, let's think about traditional training techniques. You know, people are different kind of learners. Like you have kinsetic learners, you have people who learn through visualization, people who learn through reading. Um, traditional education is basically you do your school, you do your college, and then you go to university and earn your degree. That, and then you go on to doing further education. That's kind of flipped. Now what people are doing is obviously a lot more online courses and learning. I can't compete with an alpha generation. You know, these people today They are building games, they're producing video content, they're editing their own videos. They're doing all that where they've learned it all online through different social platforms like TikTok, YouTube, um, Twitch, Kick. We can't compete with that. Our generation can't compete. The only way we can beat them is using cursive language. Um, Like if we use cursive text, we should be okay. But you know, (laughs) or a digital clock. Uh, Using an analog clock as well might be a bit of a problem. But I think like... um, people just struggle like with our generation, you know, we're, we're generation Z, we're generation below that as well. I don't want to get into it. Cause obviously I don't want to ask people's ages, um, but yeah, I'm a Gen Z um, and like the alpha generation, I just feel we can't compete. You know, they're, they're all, they're all using a new form of currency. They're no longer bothered about money, wealth, all these different things. What they're bothered about is attention. They basically want to be loved and that endorphin that they get through, being a celebrity, being famous on TikTok. And that's the way the world's going. So a lot of jobs that are traditional jobs, people don't want to do. No one wants to sit in a factory and screw on toothpaste lids all day, do they really, for $20 an hour or whatever. It's, uh, yeah, the world's changing and people are starting to notice it. Population's going down. That's another thing that's happening. So we've got less people in the world. It's, uh, yeah, it's scary to think where we'll be in 10 years' time. But if everything goes well, not as many people will be needed because AI as a model, they'll have their own jobs. So they'll do all the, the, uh, you know, what we call mundane tasks, um, autonomous tasks, whereas, you know, people will be doing creatives. So people will be able to officially create their own content um, and focus on that to earn a living. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's where these metaverses come into play because these can be digital nations that people can actually work within so that there's nothing stopping someone from working online. You know, they might be someone who, uh, for example, they're playing a game and the, there's a food bar and people need to eat. So they might be going into digital restaurants to eat with their virtual characters while eating at the same time in real life. We We honestly don't know how this is going to turn out but that's one thing that could be done and then you need someone to run the restaurant. So the restaurant, uh, the restaurant owner or the waiter within the restaurant, they, they need their own thing. It's like starting any business. You know, you, you have the person who creates the business, you then need 10, 15 people underneath it to run the different sectors. And it's the same with anything. It's um, yeah, it's definitely a changing world. Yeah, definitely a changing world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been great talking to you. I really, really enjoyed today. I, I, I really enjoyed our off topics as well, I have to say. It's really fun, obviously. Now you all have great insight into our crazed minds and uh, the fact that we watch things other than the nightly news. Um, so just thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you. We wish you, a Mirror World, the best of luck. Um, if you want to just let people know where they can find you guys, um let the audience know uh, where, where can you find mirror world?
2: You can find us on mirrorworld.fun. Uh If you head to that website, you will be able to find everything on there. Um, we have everything from the marketplace to the SDK. You know, if you want to spin up a marketplace, you could probably do it in 10, 15 minutes without wow. very much knowledge at all. Um, the SDK is really, really optimized. Um, so yeah, if you want to be a developer, just have fun, just go play on the website, um, check out the tutorials Um, And, yeah, understand how things work.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And, guys, so if you want to find – remember, this show is sponsored by Time Raiders and sponsored by Utopian Games. If you want to find Time Raiders, it's uh, Discord and Telegram. It's simply Time Raiders on YouTube and Twitter. It's Play Time Raiders. And you can listen to us, subscribe to our podcast, Throne of Games, on all the major podcast platforms, including Sneezer. During this allergy pollen season, thank you very much, Ryan. We wish you absolutely all the best, and maybe we can get you on again in the future. Thanks to all our listeners, yep. thanks to my paper pushing co host, John Reed. Thank you very much. Thank you, behind <laughs> the scenes, thanks. Jess. So appreciate you, Tom, Carlos, all the guys. And we'll speak to you again. See thanks you for next having will
2: catch you again Bye. soon. Bye. See you guys.